0: and Gambo.
1: Afternoons on Arizona Sports.
0: It's just really... Indicative of the love that Brock has for us That he would agree to come on I wouldn't go on their show if the Yankees were playing In the middle of a Mariners game Or the D-backs It just goes to show how much he means to us Or how much we mean to him He wants to ask us if we knew that Robbie Ray was going to give up a bomb Well, we did We did, we did, we absolutely did Oh, is Brock on the line? Joining us right now, Brock Uh, Hewitt. I didn't realize he was on the line He was probably listening to every word (laughs) Hi, Brock, how you doing?
1: Yeah, funny. Yeah, you guys are real funny. Yeah.
0: We want Seattle to win <laughs> we though. Do. Like we hate the We're, Astros. I, I, the Astros we want them to win. The Astros going to the World Series or even oh. going to the ALCS is like my worst nightmare, Brock. I'm rooting for your ah. Mariners. Like there's no tomorrow. I won't even watch if the Astros are in it.
1: Yeah, they're uh, they're just they're just good. They're just annoyingly good. And I'm sorry. I'm sure I'm like everybody that still looks at them when you cheat the way they cheated. Yeah, you just. You don't get the benefit of the doubt, um, but this Alvarez monster, whatever he is in left field that just hits bombs after bombs after bombs. Oh my bombs. God, he's crushing the ball. how he hit that fastball today that was the furthest off the plate that he's ever hit a home run was just, yeah, it's a little bit soul right. crushing, but we got two innings here. We'll see if we can got find it. a way to get it done. All right, so let me
0: know just real quick, did uh, did you guys rip the decision to put Robbie Ray in that game?
1: Uh, the fans did, yeah. A lot of the fans certainly did. I, I think it, I was a little bit torn, um, and obviously the the pitch was inexcusable to miss over the plate back to back times. I didn't hate it because I like George Kirby going into the game in Toronto, so I can't say I hated it. And and frankly, Gambo, they don't have anybody that matches up with him. I mean, they just don't. They don't have a lefty. They don't have you know somebody. That, uh, that can take advantage of any weakness he has, which is very, very few. So, yeah, fans were quite livid, uh, and it was, gosh, it was just nauseating. But that's baseball, and playoff baseball is the cruelest kind of baseball. All
0: right, when I was watching uh, ASU beat Washington this week, I know it's a subject. But when I was watching them win, they were showing some highlights of previous games, and they actually, and, and I, I was glancing at that time because it was kind of pregame. And man, they showed you celebrating like there was no tomorrow. Do you
1: remember that game? Well, that was the last time the Huskies had won in Tempe, Gambo. So I, I don't I don't hold on to much, but yeah, the last time uh, the guys in purple and gold, I, I guess, was my my year there in 1998, and that was that was a fourth in 17. Fourth and 17 after I muffed a horrible option pitch and the game should have been over. If the referee wasn't in the way, they would have recovered the fumble and that would have been the stinging, most stinging loss of my life. But the ref was in the way. I called Copper X, which was a little smash corner. Ron English, who's now still a D coordinator in college football, was the D coordinator then. For Bruce Snyder, for some reason, they ran quarters coverage. For some reason, their corner did not get depth, and my tight end caught a 60 Reggie Davis, a 67-yard touchdown on 4th and 17. Oh, uh, wow.
0: Brock Huard from 710 ESPN and Seattle Larcast, co-host of the Brock and Salk show. It's always a pleasure to have Brock on. Uh, this might be Brock the the, the weirdest Seahawks conversation we're going to ever have the the defense the defense is trash and Gino's great I, oh my god I, I don't I don't even know where to begin to ask you about this team so where do you Geno? Gino let's start there is it sustainable is this can, can this last all season long
1: Well, the numbers through five games are pretty telling. And it's not like a fluky, you know, as you watch every snap, and you guys probably don't, but as a Seahawks fan and analyst and radio show host, we do. And guys, I mean, the numbers are real. I mean, he's a 75% passer, leads the NFL. He's the most efficient passer in the NFL, like with a 113 QB rating. He's fourth in the league in QBR, just behind Mahomes and Josh Allen. I mean, it's, it's the, the command that he has at the line of scrimmage, calling the game, checking the game, getting in and out, the confidence he has in Lockett and Metcalf and his young rookie tackles that are playing well. The Rashad Penny loss stinks and that's a pretty big loss to to any quarterback and Kyler obviously is going through the same mess down there losing his running backs and it will affect him a little bit but I don't expect him to fall off the cliff I mean all of these rankings that didn't even include him in the top 32 or top 35 in the league I mean I think he was like in most of the preseason rankings like 38 40 I mean they just Total disrespect. So he's not going to fall off the cliffs. He's not going to end up the number one rated passer, but he's playing at a level where we're having the conversation of whether or not to re-sign him to like a two- or three-year deal um, and and make sure you have someone in place before you may or may not get the QB you want in the top 10 to 15 picks. Are the,
0: uh, are the Seattle fans and media enjoying the demise of Russell Wilson in Denver right now?
1: It is very split, Gambo. Very split. Um, you know, we still are a native Norwegian fisherman community uh, that is passive aggressive. Release the salmon. <laughs> that, that is still a lot of the blood that flows through the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> so it, it's not Philly. It's not where you're from. Uh, those markets would be having a heyday. Those markets would probably have billboards up crucifying, you know, Russell Wilson. So we're not doing that. Stalk is certainly loving it. Oh more importantly, more importantly, you have the Seahawks have the Broncos first round pick. So if they continue to fall off the cliff and that becomes a top ten pick, it would be tremendous in the continued rebuild and, and process. So Skull. I yeah, I would say no. I would say overall that when we start talking about Russell and we start, you know, getting it going in on him. You know that text toy is like just, just take it take it a little easy. He was pretty good for us and he's getting what he deserves. If he wanted all the control in the world and he wanted all the power and he wanted all of it, he's got it. And I think we're seeing, as we always see in the NFL, whether it's president or head coach or GM that wants all these titles, it doesn't work, man. It doesn't work. Yeah, Brock Hewitt,
0: our guest here on the Burns and Gambo show, Um, you you mentioned the running back situation. Is the Seattle defense so bad at that particular element, in addition to the other things that they're bad at, that it's okay for the Cardinals to be as banged up as they are at running back this week or is that is this an offense now that Seattle might be able to get right against a little because the Cardinals are missing all sorts no disrespect to Eno Benjamin back there but is Seattle kind of looking at the Cardinals offense the way frankly the Cardinals offense is probably looking at Seattle's defense right now
1: yeah, I think that's fair. And if the Seahawks cannot stop this run game, they're gonna they're gonna finish dead last in the league, and it won't even be close. I think they're already there. They're thirty two out of thirty two, and and they've unfortunately they've changed coordinators. They are playing a new scheme. They're trying to play these big three walruses between the guards, and then Daryl Taylor and Uchenna Nwosu. at ends one of those two can hold the point of attack and one of them can't. And those walruses are not getting off the ball. They're not blowing people up. So linemen are getting to the second level and you add it all up and it's a total mess and disaster. So if there is... Any, any team to run on with a backup to a backup running back, if you're Arizona, you've got the matchup this week. Now, on the flip side, you've also got really young corners and safeties that aren't playing well. I mean, their whole group on that side is just playing so poorly that this is a game, and Arizona's had success up in this building for many, many years with different coaches and different quarterbacks. And, yeah, I think this is a game where they score 30, and it will be whether or not Geno can score 40 because that's kind of kind of yeah. what the Seahawks have to do if they're going to find wins in 2022.
0: I leave me with this is there because of Geno's age and his lack of success his whole career up until now. I mean is it possible like you mentioned could you do a two-year deal with him pay him a lot of money and still draft a quarterback if you've got a top 10 pick that you could groom to be his replacement?
1: Yes and yes. And, and remember, John Schneider was a guy that was in Green Bay and, and comes from that school of thought. Anyway, John Schneider was a guy that, that would have drafted Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes if they would have fallen in the first round to him in years past. I, I know that very confidently, even when they had Russell Wilson. So, yeah, and I don't think it'd be enormous money. I think it'd be like a two-year, $30 million deal. Give him 20 guaranteed. If he if he can keep doing this through October and November, That may be something you get done in December. And I'll tell you, the name that Pete Carroll said to us on Monday, and since he said it, and it is now Thursday, it's still the name that that resonates, and that name is Rich Gannon. And oh he said, hey, Rich Gannon was a guy that sat around for six, yeah. seven, eight, ten years that got to the right spot with the right people around him, uh, a system that believed in him, that had a tremendous supporting <sighs> cast. And you watch what oh. Rich Gannon became very, very late in his career. That is certainly the wishes and the hopes. And right now, the very, very pleasant surprise. It's been Geno Smith.
0: Kalenik just hit one of the wall, but we they caught it right out. in front. We, we were we were getting ready to celebrate uh. a two-run homer by the uh. Mariners, and it didn't happen. Sorry. He Sorry about it. He he crushed it. I didn't
1: quite. Do you want me to come
0: on with you guys later in the year, or is this it? Is this what we're trying to do? No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, (laughs) no. We're not trying to be mean to you. I just thought that ball was going out. I was like, "We want Seattle to win." I thought, "How cool would it be if the Mariners hit the go-ahead home run while we've got Bronk on the air?" It's not. It's not a. You
1: know what's really cool is I actually have paused it to come on your show. Oh, that's that's not cool. Try to be a tremendous guest. Yeah. And not be distracted. Yeah, that's not. Cool. And this is the hospitality you show me. We we re- re- you giggle. S- this is and not- then you tell me what just happened before <laughs> I'm going to go play it on my DVR.
0: Did we not? Did, did we not talk about the greatness of your your big play to, to beat ASU the last time Washington won here in Tempe in the in the nineties?
1: Are we done here? Yeah, well, are we done? We're done. But you'll come
0: back on with us later in the season, right? If not, talk well. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> tell Mike we said hi. Please, that's Brock Ewert
1: joining us from Seven Ten ESPN. It's I love our conversations with that guy. I can talk to him all the time.